Hello and welcome to the Rhino Sports Talk Podcast for January 30th, 2018. I am the Sports Rhino. To open up this show, we have Juice's Dimes, second ever edition of it, and will be a featured uh, thing as well going into the future. He talks a little bit about Barry Bonds and why he should be in the Hall of Fame, as well as other players that have been linked to PED use. And we even talk a little bit about the uh, voting process as well. So listen to that. It's about the first 20 minutes here. And then right after that, I get into the sports news of the week, including the Hall of Fame, some NBA All-Star action, uh, LeVar Ball's coaching debut, as well as the Michigan State scandal that has hit and rocked the college football and basketball world. So stay tuned here on the Rhino Sports Talk uh, podcast page on iTunes and Anchor. Listening to discretion is advised as Juice's Dimes is not safe for work. It's time for the Rhino Sports Talk Podcast. And like I mentioned before, today is January 30th. This is the Rhino Sports Talk Podcast. I am the Sports Rhino. And uh, to start off the podcast, we're going to go with a new theme called Juice's Dimes. It's time for Juice's Dimes. And I have Austin Juice here. Austin. Yo. Yeah, he, ta- he was on last week's podcast talking about the Patriots. Tom Brady. Yeah, fuck them. <laughs> You're going to make my editing job really hard, aren't you? Yeah, that's the, that's the goal. Uh, okay. I mean, well, it is a podcast. You don't necessarily have to edit out my profanity, but I'll let you, you know, your show, not mine. Yeah, yeah. Your show. I'm perfectly fine. This is your segment, but, you know, uh, when I was thinking about things to come up with for this segment this week, I, I looked in the current news. You had Michigan State and their stuff, but nothing's really come out about it, so we don't really want to. I'm going to save that rant for a minute. I know. I want a little more information about it before you you get into it. We talked a little bit about it, but, you know, that's something something that'll be in the future here, probably the near future. But what really did happen this week was the Baseball Hall of Fame announced there who was getting in. You got Chipper Jones. You got... uh, Deserving. Deserving. Yeah, Deserving Chipper Jones. I can't remember the other three are now off the top of my head. Trevor Hoffman got in. Mm -hmm. Um... Who was the other big name? I can't remember I can't. off the top of my head. It was Chipper Jones, Trevor Hoffman. Uh, anyway, yeah. notably so, <coughs> you got the, you only there were a couple year. of names that are left off of the Class of 2018 Hall of Fame. And Before you get into that, Vladimir Guerrero. Vladimir Guerrero also deserving to be in. However, there and are Jim two Tomei. names. That's the four. Okay, and Jim Tomey also deserves to be in. Yeah. Okay, before I get started, every one of those names is a deserved Hall of Famer. Every single one of them. But there are two that have not been able to break in, and it is absolute bullshit. Barry Bonds and Roger Clemens absolutely deserve to be in the Hall of Fame right now. They should have been Hall of Famers on their first go-around on the ballot, especially Barry Bonds. Barry Bonds is the home run king. He has hit 762 in his career, more than any other player in the history of the sport. How is he not in the Hall of Fame? That makes no sense to me. Oh, well, he did steroids. He did steroids. Stop being a little bitch. Everybody was doing it. Shut the fuck up. You can't justify, and I'm not talking to you, just in general. If if you use the steroid argument, go fuck yourself. Because 500 home runs, 500 stolen bases, before there was ever any allegation of him taking steroids anyway... So he was already a 500-500 player, which is Hall of Fame worthy prior to any allegation. Number two, you can't just pick and choose players from that era. Either all of them that deserve to get in, get in, or none of them do. Because just because Barry Bonds was the one that got huge like that, and yes, I do attest, I think he was probably juicing. 
Do I give a shit? No. Who cares? Okay, here's the thing. So you either let all of those players in or you let none of them in. Because you can't just pick and choose based on morality. That's garbage. And yeah. It's the steroid era for a reason. It's a part of baseball's history. They got to deal with it. Now, you can't punish players because that's when they happened to play. What were they? What was Barry Bonds supposed to play when he was in his, you know, in his fifties? When it what? It, like, it, it doesn't make any sense. That's number. That's number two. And number three. Like, okay. So number one was that he should have been a Hall of Famer already. Number two yeah. is the steroid argument is stupid. And number three, just going back to it. I think steroids should be allowed in baseball anyway. It really should I be. really do. They should. It makes the game a hell of a lot more exciting. Imagine Gene Collar State, who's already hitting 500, almost 500-foot 500 home runs, or however, whatever you want to call it, on PEDs, hitting 600-foot yeah. bombs. Well, okay, but here's the other thing, too, with Barry Bonds I wanted to mention. The dude never failed a test. He never failed a test. How can you keep him out for that when he never failed a test? That's, that's garbage. He never flunked. Never? The dude's record was spotless, undefeated, never lost, never flunked. It's <laughs> asinine to me to keep him out based on this stupid steroid argument. Like, you can't feign morality. This is the best explanation I can think of, and this is not my original thought. This is kind of how my dad had explained it to me when he was for, when I was first starting to play baseball and kind of wondering about the steroid era. Barry Bonds was yeah. at the tail end of his career when that happened. I watched Barry Bonds hit a 762nd home run on live TV. It was an amazing moment for me. I shed a tear. I was a huge Barry Bonds fan, even though I hate the Giants. <laughs> Here's the thing. It is the most hypocritical thing in the world to ask an athlete to go play 162 games over the course of five months. So they're playing almost every day, put up with all the wear and tear on the body. And in baseball, it's not as much. But it's a prolonged thing. You know, after yeah, a while, doing... your shoulder goes. After a while, your elbow goes. After a while, you have terrible feet. Or you could have a Mike Trout thing where it's a weird thumb injury sliding into second. You just never really know in any sport. One of the reasons that these players take steroids is not just to be enormous. It's to recover. And that's especially with people that get hit with, like, a human growth hormone suspension. Mm-hmm. Your body naturally produces HGH. And there was a player a couple of years ago that I can't remember. He had a pituitary problem. So he was allowed to take HGH because his body wasn't producing it naturally. He just had to keep his levels within reason. You can't ask these athletes to go play all the time. And then when they get dinged up, hurt them financially. Yeah. And, you know have a problem with them but then if they can't play hurt then they're a pussy like that's a double standard that just can't exist like i think you either let them juice and they can recover quicker and you know they might get bigger stronger faster in the process but if it's well regulated through the team doctor they're not going to have all those ridiculous side effects anyway steroids are just a pharmaceutical it's when they're over they're taking too many of the anabolic steroids and that's when they start to have problems but just to manage the day-to-day and the week-to-week throughout the season, how is that a problem? And a lot of those athletes, from my understanding, is what they do. I mean, some of them might get huge, but if you use them too much, your body's going to break down and you're going fl- fl- to ruin yourself and get ruined in the sport anyway. Yeah. So you're taking a bigger risk by overusing them. So I don't understand the problem. 
and we just keep making up all these stupid reasons to keep Barry Bonds and Roger Clemens out of the Hall of Fame, all coming back to steroids. But it's like everybody was doing it. Exactly. And even if they weren't, why weren't you? Everybody <laughs> else was doing it. Level the playing field. It doesn't make any sense. We got people looking at me all weird now, staring in. Oh, it's Mike. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay. It's just it. I don't. I don't for the life of me understand how this is okay, how we can have this double-edged sword where we ask these athletes to kill their bodies for the sake of sport and then not let them recover with a medication. It's a medication. It helps your body recover, get bigger, be stronger, be faster. They want records broken. But that's the only way. There you go. Yeah, that's how you do it. That's how you do it. Like People act like, oh, you know, Barry Bonds is this cursed pe- person because he quote-unquote cheated babe ruth wasn't allowed to play with black people it's not he had the (laughs) playing field so not level okay and like (laughs) with that too there's an argument that he was black have you heard that one no okay well we can get get into that later and i'm not trying to make it a race thing or anything like that i'm just saying like you can't (laughs) you can't be like oh well he's the all-time king when half the fucking population (laughs) couldn't play yeah well, at least, well, not half the population, but, you know, a majority of the pro sports industry now is dominated by African-Americans, so it's like, clearly, they're on to something, you yeah, know? There's something going on there. Clearly, there's, clearly, there is some sort of correlation between athleticism and race. As a white guy, I definitely feel the negative advantage of that. I'm going way off on a tangent here. My uh, point is, you can't let Barry Bonds be the the scapegoat or be persecuted for the alleged steroid violations when you're just going to let other players from that era in. Mm-hmm. Vladimir Guerrero was playing when there was steroids. Yeah, so was Jim Jeff Tommy. Bagwell, who, was, uh, who actually, interestingly enough, I was listening to a podcast that Jeff Bagwell got inducted last year. Uh, admitted to be using PEDs at one point and was actually like, yes, I, I believe he failed a test as well. And he's, so, he's in the hall of fame. So he's admitted to it. He has failed a test and okay. So what does Barry Bonds have to do to get in? Just come clean. Like that's ridiculous. And the that thing- would be ridiculous to require him. Cause then it would be like, Oh, well we, we told you, we told you. And then you could keep him out regardless. Either way, Barry Bonds loses. And that's an insult to the game. Because you still have to hit the ball. You still have to be able to see it. You still have to stay healthy enough and play well enough to stay in the starting lineup. And whether you use a little bit of steroids to do that or not, I don't think should be a big deal. As long as they're open and transparent about it, who gives a shit? Yeah. And one thing uh, before I let you go, we're going to stay on the topic but change the issue a little bit, is the Baseball Writers Association of America, I don't know, BB, BBWC. The writers that vote. The writers, yeah. They, they have a pre- there's a, not a prejudice. It's not official. It's it's kind of a theory that they have a prejudice against people that don't like them as much. So that's why they're leaving Bonds out because he didn't give them good quotes or he didn't like them in the locker room. That's why they're leaving yeah. Clemens out because he's well, a, a cancer to the media. Is that what's your opinion on that side of it? Is see, that why? And that's the thing. That's something I want to read into. If that is the case, then every single person in that room that is a voter should turn in their, you know, their turn the ballot. Pen. Turn in your ballot. You do not deserve to vote on the Hall of Fame if you think that because somebody was an asshole to you, an oppressor, they shouldn't get in the Hall of Fame. Character should have absolutely nothing to do with that. 
Or at least not that much. At least not that much. That's the same thing because with Terrell Owens. Because a good person, I don't give a shit if they're a good person. Are, were they a good player? Did they win games? Did they break records? Did they make their mark on the game? The Hall of Fame is not a, hey, let's. Uh, who who was the nice guy? Who was the nice guy in the locker room? I don't give a shit. Okay. Yeah, that's Kobe he... Bryant, Michael Jordan, LeBron James. Recently, they're fucking assholes. They are mean. But they are, yeah. you know why they're good? Because they're fucking mean. Because <laughs> yeah. they're assholes. Because they are so obsessed with winning and being the best. And nothing will ever break them of that. Especially not a little bitch-ass journalist who has probably never played the game at a very high level, i.e. me, <laughs> is going to make a bunch of comments about it. It's like, if I were one of those writers, I would be furious if, those, if that's what my colleagues were doing. And if other guys do that just based on, again, this is all hearsay. I don't actually know this. I can't confirm it. But mm-hmm. if they're allowing their colleagues to influence their vote based on something like that, shame on them too. Because you should stick up for what you fucking believe in. And right now, I fucking believe Barry Bonds should be in the goddamn Hall of Fame, as should Roger Clemens. And it is absolute bullshit that they're not. And if that is the case, that they're not, that it's not to do with steroids, but because that the media members didn't like them because they didn't give them good stuff to write about tough fucking tits dude no i write part-time for a paper here in town you think those fucking coaches for the two and 18 dog shit teams that i cover really are gonna give me anything good do you think i think less of those coaches because they don't No. and even if i did why the fuck would that matter i'm a journalist i'm supposed to be impartial i'm supposed to take my thoughts out of it as should those journalists. Exactly. And because they don't, if they don't, if they don't, they should all turn in their ballots. They're a fucking disgrace to the profession. They're a disgrace to the game. Again, if this is true, they are a disgrace. And I call for all of them to say, we're done. Because that's what needs to happen. They should resign. So if they resign, who do you give votes to? Do you give it to the Hall of Fame? People, let's put it this way, people in the Hall of Fame, <coughs> Who do you? what do you do to le- not level the playing field, but like get those voters up to that level because they have over a thousand voters for the Hall of Fame, and you have the people missing it, Barry Bonds and shit like that. Uh, should there be people that are advisors in, in the game that are doing certain things, or what do you think would be the best route to go about making it a level playing field for all the players? Because we see it in the NFL too, Terrell Owens, the number two player in the number two player in the, this, in the this, NFL Terrell history. Terrell Owens will be a completely separate Drusus Dime topic. Because oh, I will think be. He absolutely I, I deserves it too. And it's yeah, you're right. Bonds. You're right. And I don't, I don't actually have an answer. I don't because one it's off the top of my head, but two, yeah. <laughs> I don't <laughs> I know that there that. is a perfect world. We're, we're human. We are imperfect creatures. Mm-hmm. So we're never going to find a perfect solution, but God almighty, if I could think of one, I would absolutely make a killing off of it. Oh, yeah, you probably would. You'd be the MLB commissioner right yeah. off that. Hall of Fame he commissioner. Is. Well, and doesn't a lot of this go back to what I was bitching about? Wasn't, shouldn't a lot of that go back to Bud Selig? It does. It really like, does. All of it should go back to Bud Selig, not the players. No, it should be on Bud, who's in the going to be in the Hall of Fame because of what he did revolutionizing the sport in the TV era. But it's that'll be the the little black gray area of his resume is like oh he was the commissioner for what was he 30 years something like that and he was the commissioner during the steroid era that he just kind of looked away and brushed it aside until the end of his uh reign as a commissioner and then the new commissioner steps in and basically peds are essentially gone or at least they're 
out of the limelight in the media and the sport. No, there's no way in hell they're gone. But yeah, like it should be on him. That's where that's what it should be. Like I I remember the tweet I sent you a little bit a few weeks ago. It was a. so the voters know for a fact that all the people that got in, Tomei, Chipper Jones, Guerrero, and Ho- yeah, Hoffman they, got exactly. PED. That's but... kind of what I was channeling. So all of those voters know for a fact that none of those guys ever took a PED, not even once. Really? Yeah. Really? Not, like, they checked like, each and every butt cheek to see if there were any needle marks. Like, come on. Yeah, and, I mean, come look on. at some of how big those players are. Jim Tomei is huge, and he's, like, he wasn't that – he's got bigger, obviously – from the weightlifting and training, but there's no way you can do that much to get that big that quickly. Well, the same thing with Barry Bonds. I absolutely think he took steroids. Do I care? Not one fucking bit at all. I don't give a shit. (laughs) And neither should the writers. Neither should anybody. You know why? Because they're professional fucking athletes. They should be able to take it. Oh, well, what about high school kids? High school kids should not take those. But... Well, if the the role model don't let a fucking professional athlete be a role model. If you're yeah, maybe should be your fucking role model. Your parents. You know who should try to be good role models? Fucking parents, not an athlete or a politician or anything. Your role models should be who teaches you from the day to day. Your parents and your teachers and your counselors and your friends. And you should surround yourself with good ones. And good people should want to be in people. Everybody should want to be role models to everyone else. So. Again, that's a total red herring, a complete distraction from the conversation. I just think it all brings it back to my point. Who the fuck cares if they took steroids? Exactly. And it really just shouldn't matter at this point of no. anything because there's still the stats. Like, I, I want to bring up the case of Alex Rodriguez. He was, brought, he was said to have the PEDs in his past. We all know. And he, for, he yeah. got forced to move. Still. You have to be really good to be at his. Ta- he has to have the talent level of Alex Rodriguez to be Alex Rodriguez. He had that talent before using PEDs. Steroids doesn't just, give you talent. No, it, that's the key. Like Barry Bonds, yeah, it might have improved him for home runs, but there's still he was getting intentionally walked 200 times in three seasons in a row. He before had more walks. Allegations. Yeah, you like uh, there was a piece by or not piece, but a video by uh, John Boys of SB Nation where he took Barry Bonds' walks out of the uh, equation and he still like basically made him outs and he was still hitting 303 or something. He's still hitting over 300 with at, 200 intentional walks. Yeah. Well, he took him out of the equation and made him outs That's what I'm to saying. count okay, okay. to count against the batting average okay. and it still hit over 300 Still hit over 300 without all of that extra on base. Percentage. Yeah. I mean, obviously the intentional walks won't hurt or they, they would never help his. So, okay. This guy is intentionally manipulating the data, the data, to harm his batting average, and it is still at a Hall of Fame level. Yeah. How is it? There's no ju- way to justify that because you still have to hit the ball. It's still Steroids a ball. Steroids does not affect your ability to make contact. Yeah. Steroids does not affect your ability to place the ball in the correct spots. Steroids does not affect your ability to be able to get a lucky flare base hit. That shit just happens. Yeah. Barry, I almost choked on my gum. I'm so fired up. <laughs> Barry Bonds was still hitting home runs when he was a tiny little dude in Pittsburgh. Yeah. Still was hitting home runs. Now, whether they're 300 feet or 340 feet, does it matter? It cleared the yard. Yeah. It does it matter? It's still... Still went over the fence. <laughs> still a home still run counts. in the... Still a home run in the it's record like, books. You know, it's like... <clears throat> I, you could use that argument for anything. In, in sports, like, oh, that was a really ugly shot. 
Still counted. <laughs> still went in. Still went in. Yeah. So he still was hitting them out of the yard. What does it matter if they were an extra 100 feet longer? Yeah. And I don't know. It's, I think he, I'm so glad you brought me in. Yeah, because exactly. Because I love to talk about this shit. <laughs> yeah. More what, people need to hear it. That's exactly what Drus's dimes are. Is, is you're, oh you're taking your, your, uh, your arguments that we have. Not arguments. But the talks that we have on the daily. Yeah, just sitting in my office yeah, we'll in between sit- tasks around here. And we'll just oh start doing this, and we're now we're recording gracious. it, and possibly can start getting some good things. Get your thoughts out there and oh, farther. I need in. to. I need to take a walk. I'm fired up. <laughs> like Let Barry be- in. Let <laughs> Roger in. Baseball writers, go fuck yourselves. <laughs> that was Austin Drews. Drews's dimes for January 30th. He is out of here, out of the studio. Coming up on the Rhino Store Sports Talk podcast, we're going to be talking a little bit more. Sports of the Week, as well as the uh, MLB Hall of Fame inductions and a couple other things. Stay tuned for the rest of it. I'm going to take a break, and I'll see you on the other side. And welcome back to the Rhino Sports Talk Podcast. I am the Sports Rhino once again. Thank you to Austin Drews for Drews' Dimes. That will be a weekly segment here on the Rhino Sports Talk Podcast. He, uh, If you don't quite remember, just talking about Barry Bonds and PED use and why Barry Bonds isn't in the Hall of Fame. But nonetheless... He should be in there, and we had an interesting discussion. We listened to it, uh, and it's also available by itself on YouTube at Rhino Sports Talk on YouTube, or Rhino Sports Talk Productions on YouTube, and rhinosportstalk.com. I'll be publishing those as well. So without further ado, let's get full into the full show this week. we got a full slate of events here that happened. Obviously, we talked about the Hall of Fame. Chipper Jones got in, Vladimir Guerrero, Jim Tomei, and uh, Mer- or Trevor Hoffman, rather. Four were the four that were elected in this year, and I think that was a good. That's gonna be a good group. Chipper Jones, not much of a debate. He was the best. He's probably the best hitting switch hitter of all time, and in uh, Braves history as well. And then you have Vladimir Guerrero, who literally swung at everything and still hit over 300 for his career. Jim Tomei, who was a great hitter, he over he had over 600 home runs in his career, and then Trevor Hoffman. The the first guy to break the record of saves before Mariano. So he's the number two closer in history of the MLB. Some could argue number one, but Mariano's more clutch in the playoffs as he got there more. But nonetheless, still a good team. A good group of guys, rather, going into the Hall of Fame. So with that, that's all I have for baseball. Obviously, we talked about it a lot in the preview section, or in the Juice's Dime section before this. So if you want to hear a little bit more about it and who we think are snubs, skip back to that or... Just continue listening now as I will be going on to the M- NBA, who uh, had their all- has their all-star game rosters announced. You have Boogie Cousins, who got injured. Is the first big piece of news is out for the year with a left leg Achilles injury, replaced by Paul George on Team LeBron and Team Curry. Uh, if you haven't heard, this year the NBA is doing a new thing where players are selecting their teams. It would be LeBron on the East and Curry on the West. They can select anyone from the East or West and put them on their team, and they make a super team, basically. It's a good idea by um, the NBA, and I'll touch more on that as it gets closer. Uh, I think next week will be more of that one. Uh, We'll be talking about that one a little bit more as that's coming up here shortly for the NBA All-Star game. But what I want to talk about is the Rising Stars game rosters out. You have the world team highlighted by Joel Embiid, uh, Jamal Murray, Frank Frank Nitlikina, Demontis Sabonis, Simmons, and Ben or Dario Saric and Ben Simmons, as well as uh, Bogdan Bogdanovich, Laurie Markkinen, Buddy Heald, and Dylan Brooks. 
as well on that team. So that's going to be an interesting, good squad there. All young guys, obviously, as I see, a rising stars, sophomores, and freshmen is what it used to be called. It's just the first two years, uh, rookies, and then people who just got drafted the year before them are getting into the uh, draft there um, or into this game. So that's the world roster. I think they have a pretty good, solid team. Laurie Markin is going to be the spot-up shooter there. Dylan Brooks as well as Heald well, and Jamal Murray are also going to be shooters on that team. Then you got Sarge, Dylan Brooks, and Ben Simmons is like the ball handlers there. And then Nit Kalina is another ball handler, but more primarily there for defense. And then Sabonis and uh, Bogdanovich, there's the big men on that world team. So I think they're going to be really stacked on that side. But it's going to be a good game because they're going to be facing off against a U.S. team featuring Lonzo Ball, Chris Dunn, Brandon Ingram, Kyle Kuzma, Dennis Smith Jr., Jason Tatum, as well as Jalen Brown, Donovan Mitchell, and Malcolm Brogdon and John Collins rounding out that team. So that matchup's going to be really good. Lonzo Ball taking in his first um, first All-Star appearance, essentially, as it's a Rising Stars game in his rookie year. It's not a true All-Star, but nonetheless, it's going to be a big game for him kind of show up. Like I said, we'll talk about that more. just wanted to talk about the rosters a little bit, especially that game. I'm not too really concerned about it as it's not really a, a game, more of just a, a showcase for the younger guys. So we'll see what's going in there, but... Nonetheless, All-Star Game preview coming out in two, three weeks, I think. It's three, it's three weeks away. Well, I'll alert you as that gets closer. But nonetheless, let's talk a little bit about sticking with the NBA, Kyrie Irving. Obviously, Irving was traded this past offseason, and it came out this week that he was threatened to sit out a whole season, this, uh, this season that we're currently in, with a knee injury if the Cavs didn't trade him going into that. And that is selfish. I think Kyrie is the better player between him and Isaiah Thomas, and that trade that was forced between Kyrie Irving and Isaiah Thomas was just not good on either part, and it literally is just bad for both teams as Isaiah Thomas hasn't really done much for the Cavaliers yet. He hasn't really been able to play, and then Kyrie Irving is being a really solid team player over on Boston now, and what is interesting to see is that he's actually making a huge contribution to them on that Boston sideline and turning them into a threat on that Boston or in the East as well. I think they're going to be a really good team to match up with. They beat Cavaliers once. They trounced them. Almost beat Golden State the other night and then have just been beating the rails off everyone. I think they're number two in the East with the Cavaliers being the number three team and a couple other things just falling their way. I think it's they're obviously going to make it in, but nonetheless, I think that trade is very selfish on the part of Kyrie Irving, he should have done a little bit more to try and stay in Cleveland and make it work because they could have had a super team to challenge Golden State. And if Gordon Hayward was here, I think they could do that at Boston as well. But obviously right now, I don't think that's possible. Uh, moving in to another topic, XFL is coming back, and I'm going to talk about this a little bit more down the road as well. Not much known yet, except for that they're starting in 2020. But... I think it could be a good um, proposition. Hopefully they can get the rules right. They can get a lot of things right. It's going to be really well received, I think, if they do the right things. But it's still two years away, and we're going to see what Vince McMahon can do uh, out here being the marketer he is. So that'll be something to be looking out for. That'll probably be a final thoughts here shortly. But nonetheless, let's move back to the... Before we move back to basketball, actually, Colts hired Josh McDaniels as well to be their head coach. 
And there's a couple other things in here that I want to talk about, but let's move back to LeVar Ball and the NBA. I mean, not NBA, basketball. And he's coaching out in Lithuania. He, as assistant, he put up two games as a coach now. First game, they put up 147 as, with him as the assistant coach. And then in the big baller brand classic, the last game that he coached in, uh, they <laughs> for these, this stat line makes me laugh every time, 151 to 120 win. And in that win, his sons, Leangelo and the Mello, combined for 71 points, 19 rebounds, and 15 assists in that game. And he had a uh, post-game interview that said basically that anyone can coach, obviously, since I can do it. And Steve Kerr, he related Steve Kerr back to Millie Vanilli. I wasn't quite sure why he said that. But nonetheless, interesting analogy, I guess, would be the best way to say it. Um, I thought that's going to be interesting. He's a good coach, obviously. He knows what he's doing. He coached the AAU team that all the Ball brothers were on to multiple titles back in California and he obviously knows what he's doing as he became pretty good is a pretty good coach in Lithuania now um, nonetheless I think I'm just going to move on from that topic as there's really nothing more to talk about with that obviously he made his coaching debut did really good I wonder how much this hype train of LeVar Ball can keep it going can keep going here in the few or upcoming years and see what is really going to happen with his sons and maybe even him getting in the NBA a little bit as well. But sticking with NBA, as I just mentioned, we're going to move over to the trade that went down last night, the uh, 29th. The Clippers and Pistons agreed to a block, uh, not blockbuster. It was, was billed as a blockbuster, but I didn't really think it was. But Blake Griffin and Tobias, or Blake Griffin to the Pistons for Tobias Harris, Avery Bradley, Boban, Marjanovic, a first and a second round pick. That's five pieces for the Clippers getting back for Blake Griffin, including Avery Bradley, one of the best defenders in the league. And then a, it's probably going to be a lottery first round. Um, it's I, I believe it's heavily protected. Nothing has really come out and uh, been what the protections are on it, but it's still going to be a good pick. I think the Pistons aren't really going to make the – or they're going to make the playoffs at best, but I don't think they're going to do much. So that pick's going to be right around the end of the lottery, including whatever the Clippers get. And they're going to try and make a run at LeBron with – basically saying hey we got Avery Bradley that's it uh no DeAndre Jordan's probably going to get traded so is Lou Williams I don't think the Clippers are in full rebuild mode now I don't think there's any way they get LeBron at all um I think I don't know it's just gonna be an interesting to see what they do in the coming weeks with before the trade deadline with the in regards to DeAndre Jordan and Lou Williams, they're clearing cap space, obviously, trying to make a run at some players. Maybe they can, they have a plan up their sleeve to try and pull some stuff off, but we will see um, and see what is going to happen there. Breaking news right on my docket as I'm talking here. Kirk Cousins said that if he is tagged for a third straight year, he will play under it, so no real holdouts or anything expected from him. He's going to be making bank, so I don't see why he wouldn't do, do that. That's a smart decision by him. Uh, nonetheless, back to what... We're talking about two topics left, and then my final thoughts. Uh, quickly, UFC's Ronda Rousey signed with the WWE, and it made her debut on Monday Night Raw uh, last. Yeah, it was last night, the 29th. Uh, nothing really special. It's all for entertainment purposes, obviously. And there's just jokes on jokes on jokes on Twitter. So if you haven't looked at those, go look up Ronda Rousey on Twitter and see what kind of jokes everyone was making about that. That was pretty funny to watch. 
Um, yeah, there's nothing really to talk about there. I think it's a good move for her publicity-wise. She's going to be making money. UFC, she's kind of bowed out of UFC now that she's had three straight losses. Uh, I don't think there's any more real uh, life for her in that sport anymore. But moving on to our last topic before um, the final, my final thoughts, the Cleveland Indians are going to stop using the Wahoo logo, the Chief Wahoo lo- logo in 2019 because, you know, they have so much backlog stuff in their inventory that they can't sell it all before they have to stop it this year, so might as well make it next year. Still make that profit, you know? But I think this is a good decision by them to get ahead of this a little bit. Obviously, the NFL isn't budging with the Washington Redskins. Uh, still being a team name and nothing really going on there. And then the Braves as well. Maybe that'll make a push for them to change their name or maybe get rid of some of their other things. But it's be interesting to see what the uh, breakdown of is it breakdown of this is or the waves that this will make is a better way to say it in the sports world out Roger, Roger Goodell already came out and supported Dan Schneider saying that Redskins wasn't a controversial name that he doesn't need to get rid of it so I think that'll be an interesting dynamic seeing that the Chief or the Indians will be doing uh, this whole Chief Wahoo getting rid of logo and rebranding basically to just the letter C Interesting to see what the Redskins do in response. They already have the back, the R, the uh, throwback logos in place. That they could do the same kind of concept. But I also don't see Dan Schneider really changing up his philosophy anytime soon. So we'll see what happens there. Before I get into my final thoughts, quick talk about the Super Bowl. Obviously, it's coming up this Sunday. Hopefully, I get to watch and not have to work on it. But nonetheless, it's not about me. It's about Tom Brady and the Patriots against Nick Foles and the Eagles. I think the I want the Eagles to win. Obviously, I'm not a Patriots fan. I hate the Patriots. But I do think that the Eagles have a good shot. They have a pretty good solid defense with the line anchored by Fletcher Cox. And then their corners that they have are really good, too. I can't think of their names off the top of my head. But I know they have a very solid defense. I think it was ranked number three in DVOA. And number two, there was top five in PFP or P Pro Football Focus. So PPF, uh, rankings as well. I know they're top three and the Patriots are very good as well. I think they're number five. So it's going to be a really good defensive game. It's really just who can do more in the game on offense. And I think Nick Foles is just kind of limited and Bill Belichick having two weeks to prepare for him. And he's been in the league for a while too. He's not a young guy. It's going to be interesting to see what they can come up with scheming and on offense for the Eagles, what they can do. They're probably going to give Blount or LeGarrette Blunt the ball a lot and then as well as Jay Ajaye. But I want to see the matchup of Zach Ertz and who gets on him as well as Gronkowski on the other side if he can play to see what can uh, happen there. And then the Malcolm Butler's out as well for this Patriots team. Um, the Looking at the numbers here, they got the pick center of New England at minus four and a half. Um it's really a close na- close game as it's projected to be 26 to 21.4 by one ranking and then another one 29 to 25. Uh, it's going to be an interesting game to see what's going to happen here. I think the Eagles, if their offense can really come out like it has a couple games, especially last week against the Minnesota Vikings, 38 to 7, and then uh, five weeks ago, well, six actually, five games ago against the Giants where they won 34-29. They have a shot, but really it's the Patriots' defense. What can they hold this team to as they were getting run a little bit by the Jaguars and 
last week and then or two weeks ago, and then we're uh, really just kind of throttled by them as well on offense. And the real key here is can Doug Peterson, the second-year head coach, keep his cool going against Belichick? Obviously, when you get ahead against Belichick and Brady, you try and get conservative. As we saw last week, you get in your own head, and Brady forces the defense or the offense to get conservative, the other offense. And if Doug Peterson can fight that urge to go conservative and place his brand of football and get up and just keep playing the lead, doesn't matter if you give the ball back to Brady, you can win this game if they know for a fact they can play this aggressive style of offense. That's what they need to do. You play conservative, you lose to Tom Brady and the Patriots every time. So, Doug Peterson, probably not listening. I hope not. (laughs) He needs to prepare for this game. My opinion, if I was the coaching this Eagles team, I would tell Nick Foles, hey, here's our game plan. We're sticking to it. I don't care what they do. If they get up, if they if we start winning by 30, we're still pouring it on until the fourth quarter. And not even in the fourth, not even the beginning of fourth quarter, like with five minutes left in the fourth. It's going to take a while before I let my foot off that gas pedal. We have to make sure this game is in our hands. We saw it with the Steelers. We saw it with the Falcons last year. We saw it. With the Jaguars last week, we've seen it all the time with this Patriots team. They know how to close out games. And that's the thing is you can never be safe with a lead, so keep adding to it. Don't be conservative. Keep going until you know for sure you've won this game. Same thing when you're facing against Nick Saban. When you're facing against these good coaches, you need to just go and play your game and win your game. That you got to play your game and win it and know that you're going to win. Play it. Know that you're going to win it until you already have won it. So I think... If the Eagles can stay conservative or can stay aggressive and don't fall into the conservative trap, they have a really good shot of winning this game. So, with that said, I want to see before any predict. I'm going to give my prediction, obviously, but before I even actually give an official what I, I want before anything, I'll tweet out on the first quarter how aggressive the pay, the Eagles come out. What my prediction will be after the first quarter is the, really going to be the key of who's going to win this game. Personally, being a second-year head coach, as Doug Peterson is, I think the Patriots win this just because of the lack of maturity, not maturity, but uh, veteran status on this team. So we'll see what happens. I got the Patriots in this game just because of how young this Eagles team is. But now it's time for my final thoughts before I break off here. And it's going to be this week about the Michigan State uh, scandal that's been happening this week. I don't know if you followed, but they've come out and said that they've had for eight years a uh, scandal with sexual assault and domestic abuse kind of things, That situ- those kind of situations that no one ever wants to hear about, especially on a college campus, but for athletes in this Michigan State team. And it's not just one single team. It's both the men's basketball and football team. So Tom Izzo, Mark D'Antoni, some of the two high- most highly regarded coaches of all time not just now, but all time, are in trouble here for letting their players get away with this heinous of an act. And I think it's a bad situation and bad look for Michigan State. But it's not just a bad look for them. It's a bad look for the NCAA. As it came out this week that Mark Emmert, the NCAA, uh, I guess he's like the president of the NCAA, has known about these allegations for eight years and just sat on them. And I read a good piece by SB Nation that said, what is Mark Emmert deemed more important than sexual uh, abuse? He's deemed Ohio State's tattoo gate more important. Cream cheese on bagels more important. He's deemed a lot of really, really dumb 
things, such as spaghetti, too much spaghetti at a buffet was another one. Really dumb things more important than the sexual abuse case, and that shouldn't be the case. I think Mark Emmerich should be called for his job. He should get booted out of the NCAA, should never have a job with them again. Mark D'Antoni should be fired. Tom Izzo should be fired. And I think as we get more details on this, we're going to see it and get there, get more people calling for their heads as it should be here down the home stretch of this investigation. I think it's still going to be a couple of years out, but Tom Izzo probably will retire this year. Hopefully Mark D'Antoni falls right behind him and a slew of Michigan State fans as, or coaches as, and administrators as well follow, including not just the fact that they let all this domestic abuse go, but they also had Larry Nasser. This is really where it came out about was that Larry Nasser got discovered for being what he doing what he did, and then now they're just searching their whole team, all the teams and programs in the Michigan State, and all this is coming out. So I think I, I'm assuming Tom Izzo will probably retire here soon, at the end of this season, just say, "Oh, I'm done," and not have to really deal with it and not have any real ramifications. But we'll never know until the fat lady sings as it goes, so we'll see what happens. But I'll be the first one here to say, Mark Emmert, fire, quit, get fired, I don't care. Don't be here in your job. Tom, Jim, Tom Izzo, go away. Mark Tony, get out too. All, if all you guys are just doing, letting the sexual abuse happen, you need to get the hell out of sports. That's not what college sports are about. So with that, I will leave you. This has been the Rhino Sports Talk podcast featuring Austin Druce with his Druce's Dimes. Tune into all my content on rhinosportstalk.com, Rhino Sports Talk Productions on YouTube, RST underscore productions on Twitter and Instagram, and the Facebook page Rhino Sports Talk as well. So without further ado, I am the Sports Rhino, and have a good rest of your day, folks.